and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to our title sponsor, Big O Tires. Winter tires starting at only $49.95. Only a Big O Tires, no credit needed financing available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We're going to talk a little Utah USC coming up here momentarily with Adam Grossbard covers uh, USC for the Orange County Register. In fact, uh, let's waste no more time, Gordon. Let's get out to the zone phone. As I just mentioned, he covers USC for the OC Register. He's Adam Grossbard with us here on the big show. What's going on, Adam? How are you? I'm doing all right. How about you guys? Hey, we're doing great. Uh, we're hoping uh, to finally see Utah play some college football this weekend. So we're, we're, we're trying to remain optimistic, Adam. I mean, it's 2020. Stranger things have happened. So give us a little bit of uh, uh, a review of the Trojans thus far and, and what you've observed. Well, it's been uneven. I think, you know, you can kind of justify in the first game beating Arizona State by one point. And, you know, Arizona State's a pretty good team. And USC still, you know, 300 days removed from their previous game. I think the Arizona game was a little bit harder to justify, especially, you know, that USC did a good job in terms of getting their penalties down. But they were still really struggling in short yardage situations. In the first half, Grant Gannell was really running on them until they put a spy on the quarterback. Um, And 11 penalties for 110 yards. Uh, They should have won that game by a lot more if they're just better in short yardage and if they're just – you know, cleaner and don't extend Arizona drives. And so, you know, you're kind of seeing some of the old problems from the past couple of years at USC. I've watched the uh, the closing minutes of both of USC's games. And uh, I guess if you go on the, the way the games have ended, then uh, you must feel pretty optimistic about what's going on with the Trojans. But like you said, there are these little issues that crop up. And my partner, Jake, He's frustrated because he thinks USC is going about their offensive approach wrong. And I don't want to necessarily speak for you, Jake, but uh, he thinks they should they should just run the freaking football, you know, student body left, student body right. And uh, because they have uh, availability of great athletes down there. But I, I think they have availability of great receivers, too. What, what do you think? Do they pass too much? I don't know if they pass too much. They've been right over, right around 170 rushing yards. The issue is that they are rushing. They're not getting a lot of push in the run game. And for chunks of the game, it feels like they don't really trust their running backs to get more than two or three yards per play. Um, they've been running it a pretty decent amount this year, and that's definitely an emphasis for them. But it's just the results in that area haven't been exactly what they would want in terms of per down by a per carry average. I just, uh, from the beginning, uh, did not like the fit of uh, of the air raid, quote-unquote, uh, offense at USC just because you're USC. Why do you need to get cute with some cute offense? Just, uh, you know, you're running back you. Recruit the next Reggie Bush and you're off to the races. Sure. The issue is they had some uh, difficulty keeping those guys healthy and, uh, well, 
I don't know, there's been one Reggie push. True. Not True. really sure there's been a second. <laughs> but um, no, it, it's. I, I think that there's. I think Graham Harrell's done a really good job at USC, and he's definitely the right fit for Keaton Slovis as quarterback. Um, it's just uh, trying to. I mean, they, they've been kind of playing a guessing game with the defenses they've been playing these last two weeks. It'll be interesting to see them going into a game where they really have an understanding, you know, maybe not of the personnel they're going to face, but of what the Utah defense does on a week-to-week basis. You mentioned Slovis there. What's your evaluation of him? Because I don't know if a quarterback can throw a sweeter pass than the one he threw to win the Arizona State game. I mean, that, that was a perfectly thrown ball. But what, what what about his overall performances? Well, I mean, he's still throwing over 70%. He's still throwing for around 300 yards, over 300 yards a game. So he's being very productive. What defenses have done is they've taken away the deep ball from him. Um, it's something we saw last year that Oregon and Notre Dame did to really good success against the USC offense. And so far, Arizona and Arizona State have both adopted that approach. Uh, the difference is this year, Slovis is a lot quicker to look to his checkdowns, and the running backs have become really involved in the pass game. Uh, it's a pretty good success. Um, I think one thing we've seen the last couple games is that uh, he's not throwing the tightest spiral. Like you said, that winning pass against Arizona State is as good as it gets. But he had a couple of throws against Arizona that were either over or under. Um, they think that the ball was just a little slick from the dry weather, which they also said the ball was a little slick from the wet weather in the opener. So I guess we'll see what happens against Utah. Um, I'm, I think there's a lot of people who are kind of curious to see if he can, you know, throw it a little bit more consistently, which is odd to say for someone throwing 70%. But that's just the standard that Slobis is being held to as a sophomore. Adam Grossbart is with us, covers USC for the Orange County Register. And as we alluded to earlier, obviously Utah is 0 for 2 in uh, in playing games this year. And they have a ton of turnover on their roster, mostly on defense, but they're going to have a new quarterback, a new running back, obviously. What have the coaches said about preparing for the Utes? Has that been challenging? Uh, I mean, they're just kind of preparing. This is easier for them than it was, say, against Arizona State, where they weren't really sure how the – Boise State offense from offensive coordinator Zach Hill was going to blend with Jaden Daniels at quarterback and the other personnel Arizona State had. So this is an easier situation where they don't really expect Kyle Whittingham to have changed the basics. It's just a matter of who's out there. They're going to prepare for all of the um, you know, different quarterback options and have an understanding of what those guys bring. I think the one thing that they're really leaning on is the fact that uh, safeties coach Craig Nivar coached uh, Texas against Utah in the bowl game last year. And so he's helping uh, develop the game plan. That's not particularly good news for the Utes there. (laughs) They they struggled in that game, I'll tell you that. Um, Let me circle back on what you were talking about earlier. I'm trying to figure out whether Arizona State and Arizona are good ball clubs Maybe Arizona is better than we thought they would be, or and USC is as good as we thought they'd be, or are are neither of those things true? And uh, SC uh, played beneath itself, and uh, and those teams aren't really all that good. I think we'll have a better idea of Arizona after their next game. 
I think USC certainly has a history of playing beneath itself just based off of the opponent that it has in front of them. Lots of letdown performances. I mean, BYU's having a great year last year, but BYU was not a very good team last year, and USC just really blew it against the Cougars in that game. And uh, so I, I think I think right now it's a case of USC playing beneath itself. Maybe Arizona is better than we thought. I think Arizona State, everyone saw as, you know, one of the contenders for the division title with USC and possibly Utah, depending on whoever it is that's starting at quarterback and how they do and how the young secondary does with the youths. Um, but I, I think, I still think USC, regardless of how good Arizona is, USC's playing beneath its talent level. So for the first time um, in a long time, the USC went outside the family to hire an athletic director, and they hire Mike Bone. Uh, yeah. tell us, give us your thoughts on that and the job he's done thus far. I think he's done a pretty solid job. I think he's preached patience, which has been really good. I think that he and uh, Chief of Staff Brendan Sosna have done a really, really good job of handling this uh, COVID situation as best they can. USC's had pretty minimal outbreaks. Um, and uh, USC was really ahead of the game in terms of its testing plans when it announced that it was going to be bringing athletes back for voluntary workouts. The uh, football team got shut down once for a two-week period at the end of August, beginning of September, which at that point we weren't even sure whether Pac-12 was going to play football in 2020 or not. Um, and so I think he's done a pretty good job in that sense, and I think he's... Uh, building a pretty solid standing within the alumni base so far. So if you were a betting man, and you're probably not, but if you were a betting man and I <laughs> said to you, who will be the coach of the Trojans uh, two seasons from now? Will it be Clay Helton or will it be Urban Meyer? Which way would you lean? Oh, I would lean probably not Clay Helton, but I'm not sure I would be putting the money down on Urban Meyer. I might be taking slightly higher odds on a different candidate, though I'm not totally sure who that was. I think a lot of people used to think it was James Franklin after watching Penn State this year. I don't know if he's going to be as popular a name on these uh, coaching hot boards moving forward, um, but we'll see. We'll see. It's. I, I, think, I don't think this is the year for Clay. I think that USC probably wins the division. And I don't think that they're going to fire a coach after, you know, a five and two, six and one season, um, depending on, again, how the bowl game goes too. But, uh, I mean, we're just seeing the same problems that we've seen from Clay. I, I think that 2021 is really going to be a put up or shut up year for them. So uh, overall conference question, if, if the Pac-12 does indeed have an undefeated 7-0 and team, do you think uh, the conference will be represented in the college football playoff? It's a good one. Um, I think it's going to depend, you know, how the rest of that top 10 plays out. I've been, I'm a AP voter this year, and I think it's going to be really hard for Oregon to really, you know, Oregon's got the best shot right now. Um, I think it's going to be really hard for them to get to that level and get ahead of, you know, even a 10-0 BYU team. Um, you know, are they going to get ahead of a two-loss but eight-win Notre Dame team? I'm not so sure about that. Um, you know, or one-loss Notre Dame, I guess, at this point. We've got to see how that uh, ACC championship game goes. Uh, but I, I, 
I struggle to see how they get to the top four if it were an expanded playoff, sure. But uh, I, I don't know. If anything, you know, me being an SMU alum, I'm kind of hoping we see like a Cincinnati or BYU somehow slip into that four spot. Just see uh, something for the G5s. Can you give us the name of one player that you fans should keep an eye on uh, from from SC uh, in this game? Someone they might not even know of, uh, but somebody who has caught your attention and you think is really, really worth watching. Well, I think uh, running back who's having really a breakout year is Marquis Stepp. I think I could see him having a really big game. He's been kind of building steam as he's been going. He's a very physical runner and tough. I think you could see a lot of him um, on the defensive side. Who, um, I mean, one guy who's playing at a completely different level than when he was last at Utah's Marlon Tuipulotu. He's really taken up the um, room that's been left by uh, Utah native Jay Tufele uh, declaring for the draft. And Tuipulotu, I think, has had eight tackles in each of the last two games. He's making plays behind the line of scrimmage, taking up uh, blockers in the middle of the line. He's just been really a monster this year. He's really coming to his own as a junior. Well, Adam, thank you very much for jumping on with us today. We really appreciate it. And fingers crossed we're going to see Utah-USC this weekend. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. Appreciate it. There you go. That's Adam Grossbard, uh, covers USC for the Orange County Register. Um, I, you know, would you think? Uh, would you think? Would you think of what he was saying about SC? Do you think? I mean, he he made it sound as as far as I could tell uh, that uh, that SC is really pretty good, but has not really shown how good it is. Or do you think that the, it's more fundamental than that, and it really might not be as as good as some people thought they were going to be? Oh, I think the USC has more to show. Um, you know, I, I at times didn't play particularly well in their first two games, but they got through it. I happen to think Arizona State had had potential to be pretty decent. We'll see, you know, if they, they have their full roster uh, at their disposal anytime soon. But um, I, I definitely think we haven't seen USC's best football. I don't know whose best football we have seen, to be honest, Gordon. This has been such a, <laughs> a, a bizarre situation. But I, I you know. I, I still don't think the air raid offense is, is a terrific fit for USC, but um, I would if, if you're asking me who I think the favorite in the conference right now is, I'm going to tell you Oregon. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I I've not been that impressed by SC, man. I thought they would be they would show better than they have, and I know. I, as I've said many times, I think Clay Helton is a good guy. I don't think he's a great football coach. Um, and I think that's evident in what we see on the field with the Trojans. But but uh, I've been underwhelmed. Uh, I know they've won their games, but they've been lucky doing it. So we'll uh, we'll see, but I have no clue what to expect from Utah. Because, I mean, are they going to come out of the yes. gate rusty or are they going to come out of the gate? Uh, I mean, you know, read Nick Ford's tweet last week where he said, I feel sorry for whoever it is that gets to line up against me first. I mean, do we see like a like a team that's super pent up and comes out, you know, super aggressive? I mean, I expect mistakes from Utah because they're going to be young and they haven't played yet. But how much of an impact is that going to have? I think I, I believe that Utah is more of the story going into this game than SC. 
I think we can expect what I, we've seen from SC. I, I'm, I'm more curious to see what we see from the Utes. Well, I certainly am curious to see what Utah brings to the table for all the reasons that you've already brought up. But I, I wonder, since two of their games have already been canceled, I wonder if that takes a little bit of the the verve out of them a little bit. Because uh, there's it's it's fat chance that they're going to win the South. I don't know how they do that unless SC loses a, a bunch of games. that Not loses the games, but can't play the games. So, I mean, how are they ever going to catch up? I, I expect there to be plenty of verve. I hear what you're saying, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing, but I bet you for those ki- uh, college students sitting there the last two weeks watching the rest of the league play, I bet there's a, there's a real desire to get out there and, and play really hard. So I, don't, I, I expect plenty of verve from the Utes. I think if the Utes lose to the Trojans, it's because they make too many mistakes. Yeah, that could be, uh, being the first game that they're playing and the first time they're really lining up when it counts. Uh, yeah, Kyle Whittingham was saying that the team was frustrated from hitting one another, Oh yeah, what, three, four weeks ago. Right. Yeah, that was and three, so, four weeks ago. Yeah, I, bet it, yeah, so, I bet it's been amplified since then. Yeah. So for them to have to sit back and just watch other teams in their league play and they haven't been able to go – Maybe they will come out like a rocket. But I, I do wonder about the other part of it because you're the one that always talks about oh, what motivation it is for players to have a shot to win something in their league. And and I don't know whether that shot is really available to the Utes anymore. See, I, I do believe that. Uh, but I also believe that this year has been madness. And I think, I, I think that just playing is going to be a lot of motivation. I mean, some of that other stuff, you know. It just doesn't matter because the the situation is so unique and so dire. I think they just want to play. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't know. I I, I hear what you're saying, and I do think that that is a factor in in normal years. But this year, I just don't know. I I think if you'd ask every BYU player right now, they would tell you they're grateful for every second they've played. And I bet you if you talk to every youth player, they're just dying to play uh, for a a couple of minutes even. Well, there's no doubt that this year has been – Abby, normal. Abby terrible. reference there. Did you guys think that movie was funny? Uh, the, the What is it, the, the Mel Brooks one? Yeah. I haven't know, seen it in a long time. I did think it was funny, if memory serves. I, I wonder if back. it would hold up. I see, I see some movies, I remember movies from like the 70s, and uh, that I thought were pretty good, uh, and uh, then you see them again, and some of them don't weather the uh, the aging process all that well. But uh, I don't know if Young Frankenstein fits into that category. That could be a classic. Yeah, Mel Mel yeah. Brooks is a genius. Anything he does holds but, up. But it's been yeah, it's been anything but normal. That's for sure. And so I, I you know, I guess that's part of the curiosity and the mystery to what we're going to see on Saturday. Most people just settle for seeing the team on the field. I mean, you'd fans probably at the point now where they'd rather see them on the field and lose than not see them on the field at all. Oh, 100%. I think you're totally right about that.